Welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. This is episode 71, Brett. Can you believe that? I can't, really. I mean, when you hear that number, that's uh, that it's, uh, it, it's significant in some way. I mean, it's not one of those rounded off 75, we should have a party or something. You think so? That, yeah. Maybe, or maybe we should just say 71's the number. That 71's we, the new that, number. That, that inspired, the, inspired the, the party. <laughs> um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I'm joined by uh, co-host of the podcast and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. And, um, you know, Brad, I got started. I got to tell you something. I got to be honest. Oh, yeah? I'm a little bit off today. You're a little bit off? What yeah. do you mean by off? I don't know. I mean, what's, I just, what's going on? Like, if I could put it into word, a one word, I just feel a little grumpy. Grumpy? Yeah. Okay. I do. I appreciate that. Yeah, just throw that out there if you're listening <laughs> okay. today. Which I didn't know you got grumpy, so that's good to know. I, I mean, I guess everybody off. does. I was grumpy over the weekend, so really? I can relate. I really was, yeah. I think grumpiness sometimes comes from uh, a number of different things running around in your head, and you can't feel like you can land on anything, and that's what happened to me. And and then at, at that, that point, even the smallest thing can really kind of get into your skin. I have learned that. I think that's where I was going on, yeah. Okay. So I came we'll back try. from lunch and was working on a project, and then in my head I was thinking, I don't have a good foundation for what I want to talk about on the podcast this week. And usually I'm a couple of weeks planned out. You know, we have some guests. We don't have a guest today. So I um, thought we could use this as some time to just chat a little bit about um, the series, the message um, from this past weekend, and then also talk about podcasting because we've, you know, been doing this for a year and a half, which is That's right. Awesome. 71 full 71 episodes. Full episodes. Yeah. Um, and in talking about like even sometimes it's tough to come up with a topic, especially when you're doing a podcast every week um, and our topics a lot of times mirror our church here at One Life, but sometimes we, we ideally want them to live where they could relate to anybody. And I believe most of our topics can, and we talk a lot about what our local expressions of that looks like. But you may hear more of us talking more about Brett's message from this past weekend because it just feels like a good time to chat about some of the series as we're in a series here at One Life Church um, called Travelogue talking about our life and mission and movement. And you can listen to any of those messages on the website, onelifechurch.org, or you can go to um, the One Life app and just hit messages there and listen or watch along with us. And Brett, this past weekend, taught at One Life. <laughs> I'm so off today. Uh, this is going to be great. I did, and I do that a lot yeah, here. Yeah, you do. Um, anything from the message, I know sometimes we talk about this, anything that you weren't able to get to that you wanted to kind of, hi- or anything specifically from the message that you would highlight and any kind of short overview for anyone who hasn't um, been able to listen or, or watch. Well, the short overview is we're going through Acts uh, 13 and 14. We're going through the first missionary journey. And the reason we're doing that is because it is by definition, uh, most people want to have a sense of mission in their lives. And so this was a mission trip. So we're, we're looking at that and uh, we've been studying, just kind of watching that unfold and we're getting into the last part of it. Uh, it, it ends here in a couple of weeks. And towards the end, he does go into uh, the city called Lystra. And it was after their lives had been threatened. They went into Lystra and they it starts off by they heal someone who was lame. And because they heal someone who is lame, they uh, the people who are non-Jewish, they're kind of primitive. They're maybe even a little superstitious. They interpret that as these are actually gods in disguise. Zeus and Hermes, what they say. And they begin to try to worship Paul and Barnabas. And then his response to that. And one of the key things in there is it's one of the several speeches that is recorded in the book of Acts, where the, the book of Acts records a number of speeches or sermons, and which I find very important to understand because you're listening to how the early church preached. I preach all the time. And uh, if you want to know what the early church sound like, you can read that. And so it starts off with Peter in the in the second chapter of Acts, and then it also moves through. And Paul does one in, in chapter 14 that's v- 
uh, and there's also one recorded in uh, chapter 13, and they're very different from one another, and I think that's very significant. It actually had a big marker on my life, believe it or not, really? when I saw that I did. Yes. I was studying Acts the very first time, and uh, there's a lot of controversy, uh, at least in the preacher world, I guess you'd say, is what do you do? How do you communicate with people? Um, do you... Uh, and, and, so, and I've always been a big believer because I spent so much time with unbelieving people that you try to relate things uh, to people who don't believe. Other people aren't really big fans of that. Mm-hmm. And what really gave me the scriptural foundation for what I instinctively believed about those things was the, the, the speeches and acts. Because in chapter 13, we read about what he presents to in a synagogue. And he talks about things that people in a synagogue would relate to. But in chapter 14, he's talking to a completely different audience. And he doesn't sound at all like he did in the synagogue. And mm-hmm. I think that's very, um, very, very important to note. So I believe very much that we need to steer how we speak to the audience that we're speaking to, which sounds natural to some people, but that is a controversial thing. But it doesn't mean you water down the message. That's how people interpret it. Right. If you're, so uh, we try not to do that, but still speak to the people on their terms. And I, I was actually listening to Acts 14, and since accidentally this morning, I was, I've was i been going through Matthew, and I my uh, Bible app was on an Acts from this past weekend, and I hit play, and I was like, this doesn't sound like Matthew, and then I realized what I was listening to, but one thing that popped up, which when you said that, I was like, they talk about, and then they stayed there for a long time. Like, there's a lot of that you hear, um, and so in the sense of, you're not only speaking them in their terms, but you're understanding their terms, you're learning their terms, you're spending time and culture with people, right. and that's something that um, is just really significant that I, I don't think we always think about. We think about we just need to talk about the things that we know and hope people understand them, but that doesn't always translate, wouldn't relate. That's right. Yeah. And and we, we do this instinctively out in the in the world, in the marketplace, when we if someone just kind of said, sit down with this person that you work with and explain church and God and be uh, Jesus and Bible, you probably wouldn't just start quoting a bunch of Bible passages. Mm-hmm. You'd probably try to think of ways that they communicate. Whereas a lot of times in churches, we just kind of assume everybody gets what we're talking about. And they really don't. Some people wander in for the first time and they don't have any reference at all. I, I always tell the story that, um, I don't want to elaborate on a lot, but I was, when I was growing up, I was in a church service with a good friend of mine who had, it was his first time he had ever been to any church service at all. And that marked me for my life because I watched him watch the experience. And, uh, and that made me always conscious that there can be, theoretically, there can be someone like that any given week. That's true. And we try to make sure we welcome people and start our services by saying, you know, if it's your first time visiting or we would say exploring church or exploring um, faith, you know, we want to we want to say welcome because that's something that we hope that people can yeah. to do here. And we don't want to assume knowledge. You know, that's uh, that's why. And, and, and I know for people who have been who are veteran Christians who know all the mm. stuff, they probably maybe even get a little tired of me saying something like, well, the Old Testament part of the Bible means this. Well, I do it not for your sake. I do it for the sake of someone who literally has never heard those things before. There was a story one time when a, uh, there was a young man that was at one of our campuses and he kept hurting uh, hear me talk about Romans because we were studying Romans and um, he was like why does he keep talking about Roman people what what is that it was like a pizza thing or what is it this, that was his frame of reference was noble Romans pizza was all he could put together well people really are like that and they're increasingly that I was way. thinking even when you were telling the story of, of um, Paul and Barnabas going in and healing a man that was lame you might even have to define what that means because people use the word lame like as 
Just oh, that's exactly language, true, right? which I, mean, I didn't. I overlooked that. That's right. I, it, I didn't it, think about it until you said it there. I'm like, it's not just saying they're not cool. Like, lame is actually a term for someone who um, can't walk. So it's, it, I'm kind of sorry I overlooked that, though. That, that, yeah, because we use the word differently, which makes the point very well. See, you're not off today. Feeling you're it on. now. You're feeling it. It's good. Greg prayed for him before we started, so that's right. what it was. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, in your message, you were talking right. about spiritual power mm-hmm. in in um, in. We say here at One Life, we believe in spiritual power, so we pray because it was it's real. And um, and you were talking about miracles specifically, and anything from that you can kind of elaborate on and highlight from from the message, yeah, or just in general. One of the things that I, the way I started the message, for those who may not have been there, uh, or you've slept since then and you've forgotten most of it, uh, is I read three miracle stories from modern times, and uh, they were taken from a very reliable source. And then I went straight into the story from the Bible, because where I got that, the reliable source was a book by Craig Keener about miracles. Uh, one scholar said it was the best work on miracles ever written, period, like in history. Uh, this is the guy that's still living and is coming to one life in the fall. But um, I read stories from there because his entire thesis of his book was when, once he studied Acts and he saw all these miracle stories in there, he said the stories that you hear throughout history and even around the world now sound the same. They're, they're not any different than they were in Acts, whereas we tend to think of them as being different, especially in the United States, because we feel like we don't see that kind of thing mm-hmm. as much. But he records and he did a lot of research throughout the world. Those kinds of stories are not uh, that unusual. What? That's a question that, so um, each week we, one of our, our staff members writes what we call our huddle, which is basically content that our growth groups can use to have conversations. And um, one of the questions in that is, to, is asking, and I'm curious too, like why do we think that we hear about stories that are not here in the United States as much, but we hear miracle stories that happen outside of why would you That's think? a great question. You know, I actually addressed that in a in a sermon on miracles. That's right. What was it, April? What did I say? April eleventh, April seventh, something like that. We did one called miracles. About it too, I think. Yeah, that's right. You can go back and listen to that because we got into some of that. But my own theories are number one. Uh, keep in mind, even in the story that we just read about the lame, and I'm never going to be able to think of that any Sorry. different. As soon as I, yeah, this up. man who couldn't walk from. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was done in the context of. The people had never heard of the Bible or God of the Bible or Jesus or any of that stuff. And so it was an attention getter. And you will see a pattern that uh, throughout the world where people have not heard those those things do tend to happen more mm-hmm. uh, just because I've heard of stories of missionaries going into like villages in India or something where they've never heard the name of Jesus at all. And blind eyes see and deaf ears hear and the whole bit. Whereas here in the United States, we're pretty saturated with that. And that doesn't mean we don't see miracles, but I think it's one of the reasons we don't. Uh, the second reason is kind of along with that. Uh, it always helped me to notice that that in the Bible, God, um, he feeds the people miraculously with manna when they're wandering around the desert. And it's truly called a miraculous thing. It's, it's, it appears on the, for no other reason that God said for it to be there. But he tells them when they go in the promised land, the man is going to stop. And the Bible actually records that the man has stopped. The day they went in the promised land, they never saw a man again, this miraculous feeding. And the reason was, is because he said, you're going to have crops over there. You're going to have, you're going to have vineyards. You're going to have all this stuff set up. They don't need it anymore. I think there really is something mm-hmm. to be said for you don't always need a miraculous thing. Uh, yes, we have learned things about medicine. We've had, and I still think it's a God thing because we've learned how he designed the body and how he designed nature and we can tap into those things. So not everything has to be miraculous. So we don't see quite as much of it as we uh, as we did. There's a couple things that, that kind of strike me as important uh, why we don't see it quite as much, even though I just got an email today from someone in our church 
that, you know, and inspired him. He told me a miracle story and uh-huh. it happened right here in our own city, happened in his life, happened as a result of him praying. The doctors had basically declared someone that this is hopeless mm-hmm. uh, in effect. And they prayed and, and he's not only uh, he's not only better, but is now doing fantastic and better than he had been before when his family literally lost hope. So those stories are still out there. We just don't probably report them as much as maybe they do in other environments. That's true. And you're, you're right. I think of, of things that I've heard and, and we say, oh, thank God. And we kind of just move past it and we don't take the, the full right. weight into into account uh, of something that maybe. Um, and I'm trying to in my life. I've noticed that because, you know, someone will say, you know, hey, we'll pray for, you know, pray for so-and-so. And they're going to the hospital, pray for so-and-so for this. And, and I'm getting to the place where I'm trying to think, well, I prayed and did it happen or didn't? And a lot of times it did. Okay, they they came out of their surgery okay, or they uh, or what they thought they had. The doctor said they didn't have. Maybe sometimes miracles are happening, and we're not even giving credit to them. We're yeah. we're not saying that was an answered prayer. So I'm trying in my life to say, hey, we prayed for that. That was an answered prayer. And just although, but I think in our minds, especially in America, we think, oh, it's because they took medicine, or maybe the doctor was wrong about the diagnosis or some such thing. Well, maybe they weren't too. Maybe they were right about the diagnosis originally, but when we prayed, it was something else. So maybe a whole lot more is going on than we give it credit for. You think people in general are skeptical of miracles? In general, that's really hard. <laughs> I, I, at first, I thought my 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 first thing was no, I don't think they are. But then I thought, well, I am. <laughs> and then I, I don't know. It's very much dependent on the person. It's, it's like all even when someone's stuff. telling you like this happened, you're like, did that happen? You right. Know? <laughs> but it's like I, I should be able right. to take the moment and celebrate with them. But um, but we all desire that too. I think there's still something yeah. even in our minds, even when we're praying for something, we're hoping for something. When we are, um, you know, asking for something to happen, um, you have. You're, you're believing in your mind that it might happen, yeah. you know, or you're believing that it will happen. And I've met both kinds, so I, it was hard to answer because I met some people who just take it in. They just, of course, a miracle happened, and God answered our prayer. Of course, He did. There's some people with faith like that, but then I am a person that my first reaction when I hear a story, mm-hmm. even when I was reading the story, the email, which I did believe because it was from a credible source and there was a lot of data there, which helps me, like uh, when they give details about what the doctors actually said or whatever else, because I look for stuff like that. I don't just kind of go, oh, hallelujah, a miracle happened. You know, I'm not that person. I'm usually like, okay, well, what was the real story behind that or whatever else? So I I lead with a little bit of cynicism. And I I think I represent about 50% of the population, (laughs) I guess. Some of that's probably healthy a little bit, too, and some of the things that we... I like to think so. I I used to be embarrassed by it, but I'm not anymore because the Bible even says test everything. The Bible says you can have false teachers that can do miracles and... So it's okay to, skepticism is not necessarily a bad thing. You can say, okay, eh, are you sure that happened the way you reported it out is happening? Um, I know we, we talked about uh, a little bit a few weeks back of some things coming up here at One Life, and you just mentioned Craig Keener, and um, he's uh, a theologian and apologist, and you showed one of the, the books that he wrote and your message this week, and it's a set of five? It's a four-volume set, four but set. each of them are 2,000 pages. And every time I read the thing, I think, how can one individual do this? It still blows my mind. I don't understand it. And I'm going to ask him that when I see him. Yeah. What do you do? How does this work? We're bringing him here uh, to One Life in the fall and and being able to have a conference where we get to hear from him and some other people as well. And um, 
yeah, I, I think there's, yeah, there's some questions there that I'm, I'm already excited to just hear from, from someone who's writing things like that when it comes to even talk, talking about things like miracles and spiritual right. power and, um, I don't know, anything else from, from that that you Well, his have? story is, is pretty interesting because even though he's a very well-respected scholar, and he really is, he's, I've said he's considered by some, not everybody, but he's considered by some to be arguably the greatest New Testament living, uh, scholar living. And, but his background is, uh, his wife's from Africa, so she, uh, through her, he has a lot of exposure to the the culture of Africa and the church and miracles that are firsthand. He teaches uh, students from all around the world. And where a lot of this started for him is a lot of the students uh, from different places around the world, whether it's China or whatever else, would report to him, yeah, I saw a guy that was paralyzed in our church and, and was completely healed right in front of my eyes, that, those kinds of things. Yeah. And he hears these stories all the time. And what he decided to do is hop on an airplane and go and talk to the people that report these stories. And his only thing was, is I found them to be very credible. He says they, they tell these stories with a lot of emotion. They, they, uh, they give a lot of details that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. And that's what he records inside the book. And so I'm going to ask him to his presentation. will I'm hoping to get him to do two things. One is the miracle thing. Because I've heard him do it live as well and sum up um, his two volume set on miracles itself. And then, um, and then also do a Q&A just about the New Testament itself and its historical background and credibility and those things. That'd be great. Uh, we'll have more information. We'll probably talk about it a little bit here on the podcast. But um, if you're around One Life Church, around the tri-state, Evansville, Henderson, Kentucky um, area, we'd love to have you a part of that. But um, as you were talking about that, I, I think it's important to even ask the question and to even discuss. You know, we, we talk about when we celebrate when miracles do happen when it doesn't. Um, your reaction to that. I mean, people... Right. Like we, we go through that where we say, you know, this person wasn't healed or this didn't change my life or um, I had just a, a message come in this week um, where someone asked, you know, said I, I was reaching out for prayer and um, they had called a, a number where someone said someone's always available to pray and they got an automated message. Oh, and gosh. It was this, she said, you know, and she's like, is that is that just real? Um, me kind of going through this process of thinking, you know, maybe God's not really there, you know, maybe oh the, this yeah. isn't there for me, you know, this miracle that mm. I'm asking for is going to happen because I'm just, it's not going to happen. How do we respond to that? Like what's some, some coaching even, I don't know. I mean, that's such a heavy thing I know. And I didn't prep you for this at all, but it just <laughs> popped into my head. I was like, I think yeah. if we're going to talk about the positives, we have to also process some of the times miracles that we're asking for don't happen in the way that we expect them. So. Absolutely. Well, uh, I did do a message about that. No, I'm kidding. Actually, I did. And we talked a little bit about that. But also because I highly recommend the book, um, The Case for Miracles right. by Lee Strobel. And he talks about that because it's it's done in a format of interviews. And the last interview he does is with someone who uh, watched their spouse um, go into dementia and never get out and had to deal with all those things. And so I, I think some of the coaching that I, for myself, that's been helpful, number one, a miracle is by definition something that's unusual. I think uh, we're, we're in danger of thinking of it as anytime anything goes wrong, God can and will fix it. Mm. And that's, and he never says that even when, and now Jesus did a lot of miracles and sometimes he would heal whole crowds of everything, but there's also evidence that he he didn't always do that necessarily. And then it's also helped me, even the ones he did, like one of my favorite stories is the book of John where he heals the blind man born blind. Well, and I think it even records that he was like 30 years old. Well, even though he was healed of being blind, 
He had been blind for 30 years. He was born, and his parents had to go through the fact of realizing their child was blind, and they had to watch him grow. I mean, he was a beggar. I mean, they had to go through, especially in that culture. So they went through the 30 years of the pain and the and the struggle of that all by itself, even though eventually he was healed. Mm. So there's a little bit of, you always have to remember there's providential reasons for it, because, uh, and you have to give it up to mystery to a certain degree. Number one, give it credit where credit is due. God does answer prayers a lot more than we probably think he does and even give him credit for. But also Jesus himself said the real miracle is coming and that's the resurrection from right. uh, from the dead. And, and that was his real miracle. And he always warned us that this, uh, my brother-in-law is, is he likes to say, you know, we always have to remember this isn't heaven. heaven. Heaven's heaven. This is this broken place that God will intervene, but he's got a greater thing coming in the future. And so there's always this tension we're going to live in. We just do. Mm. Uh, and we see God work, but at the same time, it's not always just at the drop of a hat and he'll fix every problem. He never said he would. That's good. Did that get you there at all? Yeah, I think <laughs> so. I should yeah. follow up, but, no, I but mean, you are grumpy today, so I well, mean, it no, could have been. I'm feeling more hopeful. You, oh, are you really? Yeah. Okay, good. We need to keep. Well, yeah, the I mean, even, even in that, yeah, even in that, I mean, generally, I mean, it, it is easier for me to see things in certain situations. That you know, the hope is is the future. The hope is, um, you know, of that day. You know, when when Christ returns, when there's a reconnection there, and so that is the hope. That's the true miracle. So, I mean, even that it sounds can sound, I know, kind of churchy, and people are like, oh, that seems yeah. like a lame answer, but. I said lame. I mean, you did. That. That's right. That's Bring right. it full in a circle. Different context. <laughs> um, I don't know. Anything else before we we kind of move on conversations? Anything well, else I, I do think it's it, it is important to recognize that 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 in this world we do. I, I never want that whole the future is the hope thing to sound like an empty promise. It's really not. Uh, it, but it is. It's easy to interpret it that way mm-hmm. uh, because I believe in believing God for things absolutely now, and He can, and we we need to believe Him for more. But all the while, remembering that Jesus himself allowed himself died on a cross. Paul, who did miracles, talked about not only his own sicknesses, uh, but also he, he died by having his head cut off by the Romans. So there's there's always that tension. And, and even in the book of Acts, you think about the story that I just read. They healed the man who couldn't walk. But then the very next thing that happens to them is uh, Paul had a bunch of rocks thrown at him and they tried to kill him. So, mm-hmm. So it's not like... God's miraculously leaving us without pain. Mm. That's just going to be the way things are. And yeah, and I, I, I hate kind of just ending it there with that. But I mean, uh, <laughs> I do I'll try wanna, to end it better. But I no, it's good. I, I I just mean like I'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about on that topic. But I do right. want to spend a little bit of time talking a little bit about podcasts because I said to Brett before we we came on, I was like. I've been struggling sometimes coming up with ideas and topics. I mean, obviously we're talking about our current series usually relates to that, or sometimes we'll bring on people and have conversations. And so um, I was like, let's talk a little bit about like what podcasting has been like and and even just the process. Like I would love some feedback from anyone who's listening or watching and um, any ideas or topics that come to your mind that you would love for us to explore here or even have conversation about. Um, Maybe you want to have something you could share and be a a guest on the podcast. You can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. It would really help out it would be great to have some some more <laughs> ideas we have some things coming up soon that i think will be right even mentioned that some of our current upcoming um, topics and series will be 
uh, I think, great to be able to have conversations around. But uh, every once in a while, kind of getting a little bit of a funk of like, man, I feel like we've been talking about similar things. Let's try to change it up. And sure, yeah, and I think if if you want to respond, anybody wants to, what what's helpful for you? Because all this really is is just one other format to be able to uh, learn or grow or kind of add value to your life. And so uh, the podcast format is something that a lot of people are doing now, and we want to be good at it. Number one, we want it to be valuable. We don't want to do it just to be doing it. We right. want to do it because it's a, it's a it's a medium by which more and more people are enjoying things. I'm listening to Great History One White Round that I really enjoy. So there there's uh, but we could use help. And what would you find useful or helpful as you look back at the ones we've done? What have you walked away and gone? Oh wow, that was I'm really glad I listened to that. It was helpful. Yeah, uh, it that's be. what we're kind of after. So if you got any ideas, throw them out there. Yeah, send them our way. And um, I was. Uh, thinking about this so we have two um i think two new growth groups um here in our church and our local expression of that um that are have gone kind of virtual in the sense of they're meeting via you know like a uh, video chat and having group that way and one um is based upon a podcast that they listen to and i don't know if you know this but the guy who hosts the podcast would join their growth group i did hear that yes that's very true yeah that's really cool and so it just it continues to um to feed me you know that the idea of like having something like this having another way to connect with people to connect with you uh whether you're driving in your car or listening was you're you know at, at home or wherever you're listening today um this is an opportunity for us to continue to have conversation and we'd love to have conversations that interest you and connect with you and, and really do um, have an impact on what we would say is your one and only life. And so we want to continue doing that. So please send us in some information or maybe just send me some like funny cat gifts or something to like improve. Funny my cat own. gifts? Yeah. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah, do whatever whatever that there. means. You, you sure? I'll, I'll be sure to do that. They know. No, I think it's, yeah. oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Her, her own little crowd out there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it, what helps me, and I don't know if it helps anybody or, or not, is I like the, the effect of, there, there's pre, preaching is kind of a strange thing. You're up on the platform and you're, you're doing your little thing and you can even get impassioned and raise your voice and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but what I like is be, for people to be able to hear the conversation behind the scenes so we can all recognize that in the end, we're all just people that are talking about these things and searching them out and those kinds of things like the like the miracles and, and yeah. having that discussion out in the open. And I'm hoping that is what translates to all of the one lifers. Like uh, we're all just in this family together and we're talking about these. Uh, and, and, I, and I like people knowing uh, the people behind the scenes, Matt and and, uh, and Sarah and all the others that we've had on just so you can kind of know that we're we're back there discussing these things on deeper levels. It's kind of funny. I was thinking about that. You, I remember your original vision when you thought about One Life was people sitting around tables having coffee and having conversations. And it's kind of what we want to do here on the podcast, really. Yeah, general. that's a good Just, point. And maybe this is it because we don't do it as much as I envisioned it. <laughs> was, yeah, there was an original picture in my head. I just saw people sitting at tables having coffee talking about this stuff. So, yeah. Well, guys, thank you for joining us today. And again, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. And if you heard anything today um, that you thought, man, I really want more people to know that or hear that or have some conversation of your own, we'd love for you to share it out. Maybe just send a text to someone of, of this podcast episode or uh, another one that you've listened to. And it really help us out if you have a comment wherever you're listening or watching and just let us know um, that you're there. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.